0: Well, hello again. This is Pastor Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship here in Akron, Ohio. A little bit late in bringing this message because sometimes when dealing with the message and the Lord, you don't know exactly uh, what you're going to be teaching on or what you're going to be saying. Even though you sometimes write things down and you do your reading, you're still not quite clear. So I'm hoping <clears throat> the next few weeks in the direction that I feel my heart wants to go, that the Lord, that this is His will. And it's something that's been bothering me, and, and I think sometime when something stays on my heart, is from the Lord but as we go through it uh, I'll find out very quickly if this is what the Lord wants or do I uh, change direction or exactly what but I want you to know that my heart's been burdened in the area of people who say that they're Christians and then don't live it out are nowhere close to following what the lord's word is asking of them and i'm not trying to say that i'm perfect or i'm somebody who don't sin or don't uh sometime fall and have to get up i'm not uh, someone who uh never prays lord forgive me because i find myself doing that quite often and uh i just want to challenge us, and even challenge myself to be what God has called us to be, Christ-like. And that's a work that he has to do in every one of us. So let's pray, and and I'll just share a little bit more with you as we get into God's word also. Father, we want to thank you and praise you that, Lord, you're the God who leadeth us, and you're the God, O oh Lord, who can impress things upon our hearts and our minds. And we pray, Father, that as we seek your will, that you would make it known unto us. That, Lord, that what we do and what we say is truly of you and not of the flesh and not of self. So I pray, Father, that you might speak into the lives of, of many people and even into my life personally. May your word, O oh Lord, be gurgitated in me over and over and over again. And may we discover that the Word of God is true and delightful and that is something we can trust and depend upon. And I pray that we would walk as people of light and not dwell in the darkness, but that we would walk away from those areas of darkness into your marvelous light. And there is where we would desire to dwell and camp. So minister to us, Lord. And Lord, you called us to be blessed. In the next couple of weeks, would you help clarify that? That we are called to be blessed. We are called to be shining stars. We are called to be a people who are different than the people of the world. For we've been called out of the world to walk with you. Would you guide us in this? Would you help us and give us the strength to do it? And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Oftentimes as Christians, We're living in darkness. We're saying with our mouth that we love the Lord. And some of us even go back and we give the time in which we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And it's not so much of what you once did, it's what you're presently doing. Are you truly? walking with the Lord are you seeking him daily are you presently in a love relationship with him or are you an individual who is ashamed of who you are can't really figure out who you are and you're torn between two worlds the world of God And the world of Satan. And you can't really live in both worlds. No man, as Scripture says, can serve two masters. And that's very true. And I'm thinking that there are many Christians who do not understand that they've been called to be a blessing. And to be the light in this world. And that even in our failure, we repent and we get up and we move in the direction in which we know we should move. Too many of us fall into sin and we live there. And we go from one sin to another sin to another sin. And it seemed like there is no concern about who I really am in Christ. Or a desire to live for Christ. And sometime on Sunday morning we have too many people singing the praises of the Lord who are living in sin. And our church sometime, we know that the life is not right. And there's a difference between knowing a life is not right and one struggling. <clears throat> struggling to set themselves free of that sin and running towards Christ. And the evidence is that they're running towards Christ. They understand that they really need Christ to develop their life than one who becomes satisfied in living in sin, as bad as it is. We don't understand why they stay in it, but they do. And that they're in this darkness, but yet they've been called to light. And that's what's been on my heart. And I watched this movie. Many of you may have seen it. The Greatest Showman. It was people who were not considered to be normal human beings. There was a deficiency in them. And therefore they somewhat hid from society and the rest of the world and today i'm seeing a lot of christians in a sense who are hiding from the world and will not allow themselves to be seen as christians and it's like they are ashamed of being a christian and that they enjoy darkness more than they enjoy being in the light. And at some point we have to really examine ourselves and know ourselves and know what God desires to do in our life and what we are to be. And I think too many Christians don't realize they are called to be blessed. They are called to be blessed by God. Some people today, and many of us hear it often, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. If the life that they're living is what they call a blessed life, I don't want that life. I don't want that life. I don't want to even live that way. Because I know there's something far better. And I understand sometimes it's a blessing just to wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord, for life. But we have taken that word, blessed, and we've just made it an everyday word that it doesn't have much meaning. I'm blessed. Well, when you say you're blessed, what are you really saying? What do you really mean? And hopefully in the weeks to come we can dig that out and really take a good look at it. What is being said when someone says, I'm blessed, because we ought to be blessed, but we should live as though we are blessed, and there should be something tremendously different about us because we are blessed by God I want to read you the lyrics of this one song that um, I found myself weeping as I put verses with it and so forth and somebody might say that, "Well, this is not good sound theology but I think God is able to use sometimes what is put together By the outside world. And speak to our hearts on it. It's the word. This is me. The lyric. This is me. And the people finally awaken. And they say. They're not going to hide anymore. This is me. And as a Christian. Are you willing to stand up to the world. And say. This is me. I'm a follower of Christ, I'm one who's willing to keep the Word of God, and I love my Savior. This is me. This is me. I'm just going to read a few of the lyrics, but I want you to catch what they're saying. It says, I'm not a stranger to the dark. And we're not strangers to what is in the dark. If you're born again, you've been called out of darkness into light. And we should not dwell in that darkness. But too many Christians, for some reason, find themselves living in the darkness. Whether it's low self esteem, whether it's the area of being persecuted as a Christian, whether it be, I'm ashamed to be a Christian with the rest of my family living this way or that way, and I'm not willing to live differently than they are, that my friends that I've connected with and I have uh, grown up with, they're not Christians and I don't want to separate from them. Uh, This is how we live. I live this way. I'm a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian and if you're Lifestyle is different than what the Word of God declares it should be then We have to forsake something. We have to leave something. We have to be willing to be totally transformed Because the word allows us to know if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature not the old creature a new creature And that has to be identified And are you willing to stand up as a new creation of God, and say, this is me! I'm not the same. This is me. The song says this, I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, 'Cause we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are, but I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a flood, going to drown them out. I'm brave. I'm bruised. I'm who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come, and I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I I make no apologies. This is me. I'm a Christian, and I make no apologies for that, and I march to the beat of God's word. Look out, world. Because here I come, I'm a Christian, and I'm coming, and I'm going to be who I am, a follower of Christ. Yes, I might be bruised, I might be knocked down, but I'm going to be who I am, a child of God. And he says, I learned to be ashamed. Have some of you learned to be ashamed of the Christian world? And I know there's a lot of diversity in our world, in our Christian life, in our different denominations. And sometimes I've heard children share how they felt seeing certain things within the church. And they're ashamed. Because they assume people should be more intelligent than that. And they kind of like walk away. From that which they are ashamed of. And then they see their parents. Who love the Lord. But don't live for the Lord. And they're ashamed. And yet. Mom and dad always want to quote all these verses to them, but they don't see the reality of a Christian life, and yet they're being beat down with the Bible, and they're really ashamed of how mom and dad live, because what they do, they see the hypocrisy that often lies in Christianity to those who are trying to fake it or don't fully live it out. And I wonder how many of us live hidden in darkness, ashamed of being who we really are as Christians. One of the biggest flaws in Christianity may be for the lack of knowledge of Christianity. Teaching is the main ingredients of Christianity. Nothing else really matters on a Sunday or any time God's people get get together if teaching does not take effect. We are constantly learning how God expects us to live. In this ungodly world. And it's an ongoing education. It's an ongoing learning. It's a constantly relearning and relearning. Because we are in a sense beat down. If you're out here in this world. Living for the Lord. You're constantly being beat down. And you got to come back in and be rebuilt. Renewed. Re-energized reassured that your God is more than able. Paul says it in this manner in Romans 1, in verse 16. <clears throat> and I like what way Paul starts with this. Because it may have been evident in his day that there were those who called themselves Christians, but yet, being fearful or ashamed, of that title, a follower of Christ, a Christian, who yes, who believes these crazy things that someone walked on water, that he fed 5,000 with 12 fish, that he was the one that A woman just touched the hem of his garment and she was healed after all the physicians that she had saw through life could not heal her. And all she did was touch the hem of his garment and she was healed. Yes, he's the one who heals a blind man who was born blind. And yet he healed a blind man. Yes, he's the man Who was challenged to come off the cross. And if he come off the cross. The Pharisees and others there. Would believe in him. But he chose to stay on that cross. For you and I. There are many things about the Lord Jesus Christ. I fully do not understand. But I know this, I'm not ashamed of him. Oh, there's times when I'm on the plane and somebody's sitting next to me and I and the Lord are talking, Lord, do I say something? Do I I witness to this man? Uh, Can I just give him a little test by uh, uh, saying a few words and see how you respond? Um, I have my fears. And then there's time God just opens the mouth and away it goes. And God just speaks. I can't explain that. But Paul says in Romans 1, in that verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And the gospel is to understand he's referring to the life of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the life of Christ. I'm not ashamed of what Christ has called me to. I'm not ashamed of the new life that he has purchased on my behalf. I'm not ashamed to live that type of life. I know what I once was. But I'm not ashamed of my new life. I'm not ashamed of it. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the life of Christ, his teaching, everything about him. When I use the word gospel, and that's not talking just about four books, but four books that explain his life. And the gospel—it allows his complete life, in a sense. To be told this fleshly life that he lived, this Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. It explains his life, his death, his resurrection. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because, and this is where a lot of us may have to come to, because we haven't come to it because it hasn't really taken root in our own life at this point. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it because it is the power of God. And I don't understand that power. It's the power to transform your life. It's the power to renew your life. It's the power to energize your life. It's the power that is needed to live the life of Christ. That you can come out of that darkness. And be who you are called to be. A Christian, a follower of Christ. And you're not ashamed of that. And you're not ashamed to tell people that you're a Christian. And if you're with certain friends, you don't have to act like they act. You don't have to do what they do. And yes, they can still be considered a friend. But we have two different masters. And you have to choose if you're going to follow your friend's master or you're going to follow your own master. The Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. It's the power of God that he's able to demonstrate his power in my life. But I have to trust him to do that. I trust him. And his word is powerful. And I know somebody might be saying, well, I spoke his word. I I memorized the verses, but but nothing really happened. Were you looking for a magic wand? Or were you looking for God to work in your life? When God works in our lives, He's never in a hurry. And sometimes He tests us just to see. Will we be faithful, and will we stay the course of what his word is directing of us? A lot of times we want to quote his word, say his word, uh, claim his promises, and they're supposed to take place right now. And God is not in a hurry. The question is, will you believe him and trust him? And keep believing his word until he performs it. Care if it takes a year, two years, you keep believing it. You keep trusting him. He knows the right time to work in your life. You keep seeking him. And you keep living out his word to the best of your knowledge. For the salvation of everyone who believes. What is it? The power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Not for everything you want, but for the transformation of your life from dead to living. For you were once dead in your trespasses and sins, and the word then makes you, it quickens you, it makes you alive. That's the gospel. That's the power of God that is able to quicken you. And you know, and you know that something has taken place in your life. For the salvation of everyone who believes. And then he gives us the order to the Jews, the Gentiles, and that's everybody outside of the Jewish realm. Gentiles. But it has the power to change the life of the Jews and the Gentiles. And it says, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of that. Because the power of God is being demonstrated in me and through me. Now, he calls us, and he really does calls us out of darkness and into his light. And we need to understand that. So in Matthew chapter 4, and in verse 16, it says, The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadows of death. Look where they were living at. In the shadows of death, the darkness, a light has dawned, the Lord Jesus Christ. For he has come into this world to be the light unto every man, not just some, but to all. You're the one, when you step into a dark room, they have to turn their light on. I know we have these new switches today that... When you step in, the light cuts on. But it's because the light has recognized a movement. But you have stepped in. And you're there now. And when you really step into the light of God, the light will shine on you. The light will turn on. You're the one who has to make the decision to cross that line from darkness to light and not be ashamed of the new life that He is expecting of you. Don't be like Israel looking back to Egypt. There was nothing good in Egypt, all the good was before them. And you have to look ahead. That's where your goodness really lies. That's where your joy really lies. That's where your happiness really lies. And you need to set your eyes upon Jesus Christ and follow him. And again, he says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. God is the only one who can cause you to see the light. Man can preach at you all day long. Man can give you all kind of verses. But God has to open your eyes that you see the light. No one else can force you to see it, make you see it. Open your eyes to see it. Only God is able. And the question is this. Do you want to move from darkness to light? Do you want To see yourself changed and different. And and that's important. That you have to examine yourself. and, And see if you really want to do that. Because it's God's will that you live in his blessing. That you live under his rule. And God is not going to force you to stay under his rule. As my dad used to say, the door swings two ways. And if you want to go into darkness, God calls you out of it. You're the one who has to be willing to stay out of it. So in Second Corinthians five and verse seventeen. Let's just look at it again for a moment. He says, therefore, if any, if anyone is in Christ, it's important to really concentrate that word in Christ. That's where I want to live at. That's where I want to camp at in Christ. I want my life to be about Christ. I want my conversation at some point to turn to Christ. I want everything about me to somehow focus on Christ, that every day I'm spending time with Christ. Not just my five or ten minute devotional part in the morning, but all day long, Christ is on my mind. The word of Christ is on my mind. And we're constantly hashing things through as I read his word, and we're talking about that word, and I'm trying to get a deeper understanding of that word. So all day long, him and I were in conversation. He's in my thoughts. He's there. And he said, if any man be in Christ. In Christ. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Or have you tried to just use Christ As a fire escape. You're just trying to escape the fire. The fire of hell. You're just trying to satisfy somebody else and please them. By saying the sinner's prayer and there was no real heart in it, real meaning in it you just did it because somebody told you to pray like this to do this but there was no sincerity of heart you're the one who has to decide that and he goes on and says therefore if any man is in christ he is a new creature he didn't say maybe a new creature he says he is a new creature Not that he will become a new creature, he is a new creature. That life has changed for you. But when life changes for you, there's also a learning curve. Whenever change takes place in your life, there's a learning process also that has to take place. Because you have to forget the old habit, the old way, Uh, what you used to do or how you used to think or the way you used to do this or used to do that, there becomes a new way of learning how to live life. And that takes time and development. That's the purpose of the church. The church has an awesome job in developing the disciples of Jesus Christ the people of Christ. It's a development that takes place. It's a building block, one block at a time. And oftentimes people just consider themselves grown and because they're grown, they can reason their way through life, not yet really understanding everything about life, but they're just gonna reason themselves, reason their way through it. And we lean on what we think is right Rather than what scripture says is right. And he says, he's a new creature. And he goes on, he said, the old has gone. Now, I've changed. This is who I am. But I have to learn, who am I? This is who I am. And I'm learning about who I am in Christ. I'm a blessed individual to be in the body of Christ. I'm blessed to be able to say I'm a Christian. I'm blessed because I can read His Word. I'm blessed because I can have fellowship with people of like-mindedness. I'm blessed Because of my family knowing the Lord. And we can talk about the Lord. Just earlier, uh, my daughter and I and my wife, we were engaged in a wonderful discussion about the Lord. And it just fills the heart to be able to talk about him. And he says, I am a new creature. He is a new creature. The old has gone. Now look what's happening. The new, he is a new creation, he's new. Just think about a newborn. He has to learn how to even feed himself but at first he has to be fed. And after he learns how to hold that bottle don't have to have anybody else hold it for him. He holds it or she holds it for themselves. After they get the taste of good solid food, they're ready to eat. And they want more. And that's what it is in the Christian life. You have to first be fed. And a lot of people anymore don't want to be fed. They don't want to be corrected. They don't want to be instructed. They don't want to learn and it takes time to learn God's word. It takes time to learn how to live as a Christian. A few hours on Sunday don't do it. Just a few hours on Wednesday don't, don't do it. It has to be an everyday experience. You have to have connection with some Christian who you're talking to almost daily and you're being challenged by them. Too often people are saying they're Christian, but they never talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't find the joy of really talking about Christ. They don't enjoy talking about his word and the challenges and promises that he put before us. And that's something that has to be developed in us that we're excited about being around other people who are going to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ and not this thinking of this process. Oh, here they come again. Oh, we're gonna to have to talk about the Lord. I, I know sometimes my grandkids might get tired of me and their grandma and and uh, because at some point we're gonna talk about the Lord or we're gonna say something about the Lord or we're gonna ask them about their life in relationship with the Lord. And I know they get tired of it because They're not living where we would really like to see them living. But the Lord tells us to talk to them as we sit at the table, as we take our walks, as we begin to close out the day uh, to talk to them. And we want to do that. And we want to see that development of that new creature. And he goes on and he says there, the old has gone the new has come and we need to recognize that it's a development that has to take place that we're able to see it take place now we are a blessing of god oh i want you to turn to psalms 25:14 because sometimes we are asking the question okay, how does this take place? We need to constantly be in God's Word and allowing God to teach us. You say, well, I don't have nobody who will teach me. If you start praying, God will lead you to somebody. Uh, there has to be a church somewhere close to you that teaches the Word. Um, I'm not against singing and choirs. and I'm not against bands. I'm, I'm not against any of the things that take place that sometimes we name as entertainment, but entertainment should not take the place of the Word of God. The Word of God should always be center stage. The Word of God is what is extremely important in the life of a Christian. You cannot live without this Word. It's trying to live life without water. You may have everything else you need. You have bread, you have meat, you have vegetables, you have all this other stuff, but you don't have water. You can't live without water. The Christian cannot survive or live without the word of God. And we need to understand that God wants us to know it. He wants us to know his instructions and how we are to live. Psalms 25 verse 14 says, the Lord confides. Now listen to it and ask yourself if you're in this position or not. The Lord confides in those who fear him. Do you really reverence the Lord? Do you hold God in a high position? The word fear there is not that I'm scared of him per se. But it's a high reverence and respect for him. And your life demonstrates if you have a high respect for him. And if you really reverence him. And if you are one who keeps his word or not. The Lord confines in those. What, what's the word confine? It's like a friend confiding in you. Something that they didn't want somebody else to know, but they want you to know it, and, and they're going to share it with you. God confines his will for your life. He talks to you about your life. He wants you to know how he wants you to live and behave. And he would not have you to be ashamed of his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He would not have you to be ashamed of his word and hide in darkness. Because you may not feel you're worthy per se. None of us are worthy. Of being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all done things that yes. We should be ashamed of. And shouldn't even speak of. But he confides in us. Why? He wants me to live. A life that is pleasing to him not to the ways of this world, but are pleasing to him. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. He makes his covenant known to them. God is the one who makes his word known to us. It's nice to go to all the schools, get as much education as you can get, but the one who really has to teach us his word is the Holy Spirit, and we're going to speak about him later on too in this whole thing of being blessed as a Christian, because we are blessed to have a very gentle teacher, and understanding teacher in the Holy Spirit. and that I want to be taught. You can be in the classroom, and you can have the best teacher in the world in that classroom with you, but if you don't want instructions, and you don't want to be taught, and you don't want to learn, nobody can make you learn. Nobody. Nobody. And yet God says, I confide in those who fear me, who reverence me, who honor me, who esteem me. I confide in them. Then go with me to Isaiah chapter 50 and go to verse 4. Isaiah chapter 50, and get to verse 4. This is what God wants to do with all of us, in a sense. He wants to teach us. And so many Christians today, they are not excited about being taught. And, and I understand we've got all kinds of teaching going on out here. But to learn from this word is exciting. And the one who would really teach you if you have a heart, even though you're in a classroom listening to another brother or sister teach, it's the Holy Spirit that has to capture your attention and speak to you about what's being talked about. That's where true spiritual teaching takes place, when the Holy Spirit captivates your attention towards that which is in God's Word and somehow gives you understanding about what is being said. No human teacher can really make it as clear as the Holy Spirit can. I praise God for Melvin. He's an excellent Sunday school teacher. But Melvin can't do what the Holy Spirit does. Pastor Brown here, me, myself, I can't do what only the Holy Spirit can do. No human teacher can take the place of the Holy Spirit teaching us. And in that verse 4 In Isaiah 50, he says, the Sovereign Lord has given me, who's given? The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue. Who's instructed that tongue? Who has taught him how to speak? Who's given the confidence to speak? The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word, to know the word that sustains the weary. What is God's word able to do? Sustain me. It's able to keep me. And I have to trust it. But I have to know it. If I don't know it, I can't be kept. Because it's the word that's going to keep me. It's the word that's going to heal this up here. It's the word that's going to change my attitude. It's the word that's going to give me new knowledge and insight. It is the word. And he tells me in Galatians, don't grow weary in well-doing. When I'm doing God's word, I'm doing God's work. Don't grow weary. What would keep me from growing weary? The word. It sustains me. And he simply says, to know the word that sustains the weary. Now go a little further here with me, because remember what I talked about? You're the one that has to desire it. You're the one who has to want it. You're the one that has to be willing to step out of darkness into the light to be taught. You're the one that has to want to know God's word for yourself, not that we're not always learning. You're in a classroom when you become a christian you enter into a classroom of lifelong learning it never stops and even when you think you have hit it you'll find there's still some more learning to be done paul said i had not yet arrived and when we look at what paul the knowledge paul had and paul is saying he had not yet arrived uh and yet he had to press on uh those are things that we need to understand we have not arrived. I don't care if you got an MS. I don't care if you a PhD or I don't care what you have. You haven't arrived yet. There's still more to learn. You're not going to exhaust God's book. And on this side of heaven, and even when we enter into eternity, we will not know everything about our God. There are the angels that have been with him. I don't know if how long, But I like what E.V. Hill said one time about the angels in Revelations who bow down and come up and cry, holy, holy, holy. He puts this little statement in there. He says every time they bow down, they're praising him, honoring him, worshiping him. For that which they had just seen. And then when they come back up, they see something new and different and amazing and exciting. And it takes them back down to praise Him and to worship Him. And they're back up again and they see something wonderful and exciting all over again that they haven't seen before. And they have to praise Him. And they're back down again. We'll never stop learning. Of the glorious God that we serve. And he says then. In that verse 4. He wakens me. Morning by morning. He wakens me. Morning by morning. He wakens my ears. Now listen. Grab hold of this. He wakens me. In the morning. And he wakens my ears to listen like one being taught. Oh, God has something to say to me every day. Every day God has something to say to me. God has something every day he wants to say to you. Every day. Not just once a week on Sunday or on Wednesday evening. Or just at a Bible study. God has something that he wants to say to you. Every day of your life. Every moment of your life. If you'll hold the conversation with him. And he says. He awakens me morning by morning. Not just one morning. But every morning. He awakens my ears to listen. So he's talking to me. He's sharing something with me. Like one being taught. Who's doing the teaching here? Not some prophet, not some pastor, not some Sunday school teacher, not some Bible leader, but God Himself. God Himself is teaching, instructing. Why? He wants us to know his word he wants us to know it go over to Romans chapter twelve and we'll get ready to close out um, I said my I told myself this was only going to be a half hour period because I owe you a little time back but uh, the word just gets to going in and, and God is so good. And in Romans chapter 12, go to verse 2 and here again now, why I get stuck over in darkness and not in light and why I might be ashamed of the gospel and, and because I'm not under it, I'm not learning from it. And he says in Romans 12:2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Don't get stuck in the patterns of this world. Don't get caught up into the philosophy and the behavior of this world. Uh, you're the one that have to break free of that. How do you do it? Through this word. For who Christ have saved and called to free freedom, they are free indeed. But do you want the freedom? Remember a lot of slaves if you read history, after Abraham Lincoln signed the papers that would set them free, they were still slaves. That's like a lot of us. We've been set free by Christ. But we're still living in our slavery. We're still living in our darkness. And he's made it possible for us to step out of darkness and into light. But are you ashamed of being who Christ has called you to be? Are you ashamed of that? Are you ashamed of being a Christian and allowing other people to know that you are a Christian? Are you ashamed to speak about Christ in public? Are you ashamed to bow your head before you eat and say your prayer over your meal in a restaurant? Are you ashamed to open up the Bible in the doctor's office and read it? Are you ashamed to be seen? Reading God's Word out in public, I was writing a sermon while my wife was in with the chiropractor, and this gentleman saw me writing and and he began to ask questions, and we just entered into a conversation. But if I never had that Bible open and, and taking notes and, and as God gave me thoughts, there would have been nothing to say maybe to this man. But he was curious about what I was doing. Don't be ashamed of opening up God's word. If you're riding public transportation, open that Bible up. Let people see you studying it, reading it. You may not have to say a word, but that alone can convict someone. That they need to open that word up and find out what's in it. What's so interested in that book that you're in? And he says, "Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transferred, be transformed, excuse me, be transformed by the renewing of your mind." That's a time. That's a process. By renewing your mind. What are you going to renew your mind with? With this word. We are called to be blessed. But what's going to cause us to be blessed. Is our obedience to this. How well we follow this. Determines how blessed we will be. God doesn't want sacrifice. He wants obedience. He wants obedience. Would you make your obedience your sacrifice unto him? That's all of us. That our sacrifice to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ should be our obedience unto him. Nothing else. This. Just take one more here, because it's helping us to see that, yes, we can truly be blessed of him, because that's his desire, is that we be blessed, and we be a people who grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord's Savior, Jesus Christ. Go to Psalms 119 verses 1 and 2. Psalms 119 verses 1 and 2. And I want you to hear the blessing that is here when we hear the Word of God and allow it to enter into our life. So in 119, he simply starts off by saying, blessed are they whose ways are blameless. How do you come to a place that your ways are blameless? He answers it also in this chapter. And, and we need to understand is because I'm willing to do something. So in verse 9, he kind of like answers that. He said, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. How do you keep your life pure? By living according to God's word. If you're not living according to God's word, then you're ashamed of that word. If you're ashamed of God's word, you're going to be stumbling all over in sin. Sin's going to trip you up. Sin is going to constantly be deceiving you. Sin is something you're going to be caught in into a web that you can't really get out of because you're not willing to adhere to God's word. And that's this whole thing of sex today. We have to come back and we have to adhere to God's word. Our bodies are his temple. And our bodies should not be misused in order just to satisfy ourselves or someone else. But our bodies are his temple and we should treat our bodies in such a way that it glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. And how is one blessed? By keeping the word of God. By keeping that word. And it's so important that we learn to do that. And it takes time. I understand that. But there has to be an effort on your part. To trust God's word and to live it. How can a young man or a young woman keep his way pure? How do you keep your life clean? How do you keep it in such a manner that it's honoring to God? By living according to his word. And he gives us another way of doing it. In verse 10. I seek you with all my heart. Do you do that? I have to ask myself that. Do I do that? Am I seeking God with all my heart? Nothing wrong with asking yourself some difficult questions because it will help change your own life. You'll have to have somebody else ask you. But there's times you need to ask yourself, Am I really seeking the Lord or am I seeking pride? Am I seeking fame? Am I seeking someone else's love? Am I seeking this or seeking that? Am I seeking to be recognized? Or am I just really seeking Christ and Christ alone? No matter how man might see me, am I seeking him and him alone? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands, from the word. If I'm really seeking him, I'm not going to stray. But look what he asked God to keep him from. Letting him what? Stray. When's the last time you asked God to keep you from straying from him? Even in mind, even in thought. That you ask God to keep you from straying away from him. Back to how I'm going to be blessed. Blessed are they. Whose ways are blameless before God. Why? I'm seeking him. I'm keeping his word. Who walk according to the what? The law or the word of God. Of the Lord who walks. According to the law or the word of the Lord. And then verse two again he said, Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Do you hear it repeating from what we read in verse nine and ten? That seeking of him. And we want to look at the next couple of weeks, because I think we're missing so much of God's blessing in our life. Because we're ashamed of him. We're ashamed of his word and what his word sometimes commands of us. We're scared it makes us look silly, foolish. We're not with the in crowd. We're not hip. We're not cool. We're, We're not this. And the question I will ask you again. Is this really you? Are you really a Christian? Are you really a follower of Christ? And can you say to the world, this is me. I am a Christian. I am a follower of Christ. This is me. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I will not apologize for it. For I love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would give us the strength to be able to stand for you and to stand for your word and to live your word. I pray for those who call themselves Christians and that they're not Christians, that there would be a true conviction of the Holy Spirit upon their heart that they would accept the Lord Jesus Christ anew in their life. And for those who know that uh, there was something that really took place in their life, there was a transformation in their life. But Lord, there's doubt, there's fear. There's just not the strength, Lord, to live the life that you called them to be that somehow, Lord, you will grab hold of them anew and afresh. You'll pull them, O God, out of that darkness, into your light, and you'll give them the strength to denounce that which is in the dark, and that they will discover the joy and the peace that is in Christ Jesus. Lord, would you work in us? Would you deliver us? Would you set us free? Would you bring us to a place where we're not ashamed of you, but we are willing to live boldly for you? We are willing to live open for you. And don't worry about what people may think about us, but that we know in our lives we're not ashamed of you. Would you bless us, Lord, that we might walk uprightly with you, and that we will walk in such a way that we are worthy to be called the followers of Christ. Bless us, I pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want you to know in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about that, the blessedness of a Christian. And God really wants to bless us. So I hope that you kind of hang in there with me for the next couple of weeks and we'll see what God has to say. And uh, we're going to go off the beaten path just a little bit. Not out of His Word, so I'm not saying that. But we're going to look at what is it that may hinder us, why we may not be blessed as we should be want to explore those things. And would you pray for me that God would lead me and guide me into the things that he would have me to say to all of us? Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. God keep you. Amen.